0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Seahawks fans, wherever you may be, welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Hey, Seahawks fans, welcome back to another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill said, sitting down with Keith Myers, co-host Keith Myers. Here we are, Keith, uh, won the last two games of the season to give us ourselves a chance to get into Mm -hmm. the playoffs. We were depending on that Detroit-Green Bay game, and it came up all sixes, man, and we got in. Yeah. Um, And Uh, uh, Detroit won that game. And uh, we got into the playoffs, seventh seed now facing the second seed San Francisco 49ers down in the Bay Area on Saturday.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is um, this was a imp- kind of improbable result, you know. The Seahawks, after that Chiefs game, needed to win the last two and needed help. Um, they won the last two and they got the help they needed to get into the playoffs, and yeah, they're um. The reward is to play the hottest team in football, uh, a team that's really rolling right now, and have to go on the road to do it. But you know what? It's it's, it's still the playoffs, right? Um, no one would have given no one would have get, would have given uh, Seattle a shot at winning back in twenty ten when the defending champion Saints came into town to to face the um, seven and nine division champion Seahawks. Um, and the beast quake happened, and Seattle won that game. So anything can happen. It's the NFL. That's the fun of it. Um, but in order for something to happen, you first got to get into the tournament. And Seattle did. And given the expectations for this team and how low the expectations were for the team, not just you know national media and whatever, but even locally, no one believed this team was a playoff team uh, or even close to one. And for them to get into the playoffs and have a winning season is a phenomenal outcome. Uh, And it goes to show you, like, Pete Carroll coached his tail off this year to get a team that, uh, if we're being honest, has some talent deficiencies, especially on defense, and got him to a winning record and a playoff berth anyway. Yeah. So. It's just been a it's been a fun ride, it's been great, and I, I'm happy to see the team, the players, everyone that's been working so hard get rewarded.
0: Yeah, you're right. Um, that's exactly <laughs> that's exactly it. I mean, the expectations were set at the beginning of the year. I think you know, not only our show but everyone else in, in um, that follows the team closely uh, was thinking uh, anywhere from four to six wins. Um, if you were outside of that box, you were called crazy or a Homer. He predicted seven, eight, nine wins. Uh so there was there was very few people that were that were doing that. And um, Geno Smith had a career year beyond anybody's expectations. Uh great story for Geno Smith. Uh, you know, his his base salary was three point five million dollars, which was a raise uh compared to prior years, but still a bargain. He also had three point five million dollars of incentives into that contract that, you know, the team felt were kind of team friendly in that gino would have to throw for four thousand yards gino would have to throw at least 20 touchdowns gino would have to have a certain you know completion percentage or whatever and and make the playoffs
1: and yeah he he did he hit every single of one those of them things yep.
0: and got himself another three and a half million dollars in incentives
1: and he and, earned and that's every every one of them like i mean the one of the incentives was 10 wins or make the playoffs well guess what they made the playoffs yeah. Um the the Lions with that victory um on Sunday night earned Geno Smith two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Uh <laughs> because if the Lions don't win that, Geno doesn't get that paycheck. So uh but yeah, I mean this is a uh it's a, it's a fantastic story. I mean uh like we you and I both didn't expect him to last as the starter. We were like, you know, we expected you know a few weeks, this team is gonna be bad. Um they started out one in um you know, like they were going to start out like one and three or whatever, and then probably move on to drew Locke, And that just never happened. He just took control of that job and outplayed. I think even Pete Carroll's expectations and never let go of it. It's just a fantastic story. And statistically he was great. And that's even with the last like three weeks, him not playing well. mm -hmm. Um, He hasn't played well down the stretch, but he still owns franchise
0: records now. In, in completions, touch, you know, uh, attempts, not touchdowns, but attempts and um, completion percentage, mm-hmm. uh, which is just fantastic for him. I, I just, I think it's a great story and, and it, it paints a larger picture too. You'd mentioned, um, he did well, uh, even in those early losses, I think we started the season one and two, he was playing well, um, you know, in two out of three of those games, the 49er game was, was the exception there. And the defense was just lacking and he continued to play well, was in the conversation for MVP and and comeback player of the year, which he still may be uh, in in contention for. And the defense started playing a little better. Our running game uh, developed and uh, we won four games in a row there in the middle of the season. And all of a sudden we're six and three. And in the conversation for, uh, playoff talk and stuff. And it was still kind of a timid conversation that we were having because are they going to come back down to earth? Well, yes, in fact, they did. They lost four out of, the, uh, or five out of the last six games uh, up until the final two weeks. Uh, after that Kansas City game, they were able to, to pull it together and uh, eke out two wins. Uh, the Rams at home, 19 to 16, an overtime victory. Should have won that thing in reg- regulation. Luckily, they had an opportunity in overtime. With Quandre Diggs having the interception in overtime on the Rams' second possession, um, and uh, we were able to move the ball very rapidly down the field and get in field goal position with Ken Walker um, leading the way, and um, we were able to, to to get that. I'm I'm really glad for Jason Myers that he had an opportunity for redemption there on that kick. Hmm. But here we are. We're in. Uh, Detroit had a heroic game. I you know we can't really do this uh, this show without mentioning the Detroit Green Bay game, because after Seattle was able to to, uh, wrap up their business, everyone's attention uh, turned to that uh, Sunday night game. And it was a fantastic game, highly entertaining, close game, battle back and forth. Uh, It was good to see Aaron Rodgers have three interceptions in that game, probably could have had another one as well that was called back on a penalty. And so that was just fantastic. Uh, and and then seeing Jared Goff and company and, and Detroit play well on defense, play well, uh, well enough on offense to outscore Green Bay at Lambeau Field to put Seattle into the playoffs is just remarkable. Uh, another fun story, sideline story uh, to our ascension uh, to get into the playoffs.
1: Yeah, with that game, like uh, it should be noted that there was a lot of adversity within that game for Detroit you know, that that interception that got called back. Um, and that was, you know, minutes after uh, a bogus pass interference call gave um, the the Packers the ball, you know, at the goal line and, and, and that kind of stuff. And there were some calls that went against them. And they found ways to rise above that and win anyway. And they and, did
0: aggressive too to do it.
1: Yeah, they did. Um, I love that call at the end of the game on on fourth and two, um, to go for it. The whole it. thing's
0: on the line there, man.
1: Yep, because you know if they don't make that, um, we've seen this script before. Uh, Rodgers gets the ball, completes three passes in thirty seconds, gets them down <laughs> in field goal range, and um, you know gets them into overtime and and uh, all of that. But uh, no, you have um, they go for it. They get the um, they get the win, they run it out, and, and they push Seattle into um, the playoffs. It, the other thing that should be noted there is Detroit had been eliminated from the playoff talk when Seattle won. So they went from having everything to play for to having nothing to play for about 45 minutes before kickoff when Seattle pulls out um, the victory. And they came out and played hard. And they left everything on the field that uh, is a great performance a great um job by them and it speaks really highly of their coach dan campbell yeah. and i know that if the listeners of this show will know that you know bill and i both have a lot of respect for dan campbell yeah he's he's coaching in detroit and it's hard to win there because they haven't had a lot of talent but he's a fantastic coach the players buy into him a hundred percent and um, you can tell for them to come out and play that hard and to go get that win when their season had just been taken out from underneath them. Uh, it says a lot about the coaching staff and 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 some of the leadership, the players too. Uh, it was a great performance by them,
0: definitely the players. And you know, it started last year. Both you and I recognized early on, uh, especially about halfway through the season. Just Detroit started to play really hard for their coach and. Mm-hmm win some games that were close against some pretty quality teams down the stretch last year, played Seattle tough in Seattle last year. We knew that they were going to be better this year. Um, I think we had a prediction show where we talked about NFL overall and, uh, Detroit was one of those up and coming, uh, riser teams that we were looking at that we thought possibly could get to at least a winning season, possibly into the playoffs. Um, and it just didn't seem like a stretch and then as as the season went on it looked like they were going to struggle seattle barely yeah. got by them in an offensive shootout early in the season
1: started they started out one and six
0: one and six yeah, yeah. and we were like well, wow. and ended you up know. nine.
1: ended up nine and eight and yeah. only didn't make the playoffs because of a tiebreaker because seattle beat them uh early in the season
0: The NFL playoff picture is locked in, and my go-to place for the wildcard round action is DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off the road to Super Bowl 57, new customers can pay just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat bet each day of the wildcard round this weekend. Just place any NFL bet of your choice, and if it loses, you'll get a free bet back up to $10. Action so good, why bet NFL playoffs anywhere else? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code TPPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Yeah, speaking of, Seattle uh, had nine games of seven points or fewer this year. Seattle went four and five in those uh, games. You change one of those to a win, we get into the playoffs easily. You change mm-hmm. another one to a loss, we're completely out. That's how close it is in the, in the NFL. Yep. Um, but Seattle ends, ends up with a winning season, um, which was great. Both of us started out predicting Seattle would win five games. Um, they end up with nine. Uh, it, it's fantastic in every way because you take a look at the way the wa- roster construction is, is, um, is being built, the, the two rookie tackles. Ken Walker had a fantastic, uh, fantastic season. Looks like he's going to be there for for a number of years. Gino Smith had a fantastic year. The two wideouts, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, both over a thousand yards, and top fifteen wide receivers in the NFL. Both of them in their own in their own rights. Our tight ends played well this year. Um, you take a look on the other side, boy. Mafe started to emerge. Started the last you know six or seven weeks. Um, really played well down the stretch. Uh, Eugene Nwasi was a great addition in free agency. Uh Shelby Harris in that trade played well this year. Um daryl
1: and Kobe Kobe Bryant. Um, yeah, yeah both rookies, both in the secondary and Mike Jackson who, you know, was a practice squad guy last year and um stepped yeah. up and and yeah. played big minutes and all of that and um yeah, I mean, it overall, like there's a lot of young, really young talent on Seattle and it all just kind of came together.
0: Yep. And we've got you now some uh, some salary cap available this offseason to to make some moves to resign Gino to to do some other things, um restructure some contracts, make some tough decisions on a couple of different contracts. Uh Seattle could be a player there uh for at least a couple of spots and then the draft. Uh we ended up being settled in on the 5th overall pick uh via Denver. As as part of that Russell Wilson trade, also in the second round, I think it's pick thirty-seven or something like that. Um, And then uh, we've got five picks overall in the top eighty-five, which is great. To have five picks in the top one hundred in any draft is outstanding. Top, uh, you know, with with that much draft capital at the the top of the draft is just that much more ammunition for John Schneider or quality players to come in to the organization and add to this um, to this pile. And I was. I shared with you, I think, a a little snippet last night um, when I texted you late about some of the comments that Pete Carroll made after the season uh, in his uh, uh, post-game presser. And it sounded every bit as though Pete was excited about the roster, about the future, about what they're trying to do. And this is only the beginning, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. Um, And it sounds like he's going to be around for a while.
1: Yeah, there's, reading that, there was no way to, to read that those statements and not read that he's in for at least a few more years um, because he's talking about creating a culture and developing mm-hmm. you know that yeah. and 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 getting everyone to buy in and, and the work ethic that that was required and and all these like things that it but it was all forward-looking it was all this is what's going to make us great next year and the year after and uh right yeah yeah right
0: and and that you know there are some detractors still. I don't know how, but there are uh, on the Pete Carroll situation and um, he's earned it. I mean, this the, <laughs> this thing was a, a, a most difficult job as a coach to put together. You got a, a quarterback that nobody else has believed in. You believed in him. And then he came through for you in Geno mm-hmm. Smith. And then the the rest of the roster, starting the, the rookies um, over other quality choices. Um, and that's a big That's a big decision, a big swing for for a coach, because you can lose your entire roster by losing games. You lose too many games, you lose your roster, you lose your job and yeah. Pete Carroll took those chances, motivated his team, um, and they got the job done down the stretch. It is what it is. Um, it is interesting conversely in in the division keith uh the the Arizona Cardinals fired Cliff Kingsbury uh yesterday or this morning actually, after ten months of signing a contract extension through the 2027 season they had now dumped their coach he's going to be able to live pretty easily though because the salary's going to be paid for a while because all that's guaranteed money and their gm uh walked away as well Kime, um from being the, the the gm for the franchise so that franchise is going to start all over again with a pretty mm-hmm. decent roster not great some pieces including a, a quarterback that they could build around and will build around. They also extended him. He's under a new four-year deal starting next year as well.
1: Yeah. But he, there's a lot of questions right now about him and, and what they, whether he is, you know, the future of that team and, and all of Mm -hmm. that and that there's a lot of holes on that roster. It's not, you're like, Oh, it's a pretty good roster. It's really not a very good roster uh, at this moment. And the fact that, Um, you know, JJ Watts retiring and the defense was bad before, and now they're going to lose their best defensive lineman. And, and honestly, it's, they're starting over. They, they really are starting over. And, uh, you know, the Rams that, you know, the team that, that Seattle just beat, uh, they're in flux too, because while they're going to be getting guys back healthy, they're another year older part of the problem this year was that everybody got hurt. Well, that's what happens when you've got a really old team. They have a hard time staying healthy. Well, that's all those guys are still old. And uh so they need to start looking to the future and uh can they start reloading that roster? But they have a hard going to have a hard time doing it because they still don't have a first round pick because uh Detroit owns owns it from the the Matthew Stafford trade. And so they're they're going to be a team that's in flux as well and it i mean it comes down to uh can the 49ers keep their stuff rolling or are they going to finally run into the cap problems that they've been kicking down the road and can Seattle take the momentum from this year and build on it um and if it really looks to me like this is going to be a two team division for the next couple of years the 49ers are currently the dominant team. And if they can keep most of their talent together, they're going to stay there. But Seattle's up to coming They're uh, This roster is improving. They're winning games. They're going to be the ones pushing the 49ers.
0: Yeah. It's a pretty exciting time. If you're a Seahawks fan uh, to have a young uh, hungry team under competent leadership with a quarterback that, you know, that can get you into the playoffs um, so that they have some flexibility as they approach the draft, as they approach free agency. Um, so it'll be it'll be really interesting. I also noted I wanted to make a quick note here on the show that the Browns requested an interview with Seahawks assistant Sean Desai for the DC job there. Uh, I think these conversations are gonna come up not only with Sean Desai, maybe Carl Scott on the defensive side, on the offensive side. Uh, I think um Shane Waldern did well um and and may be mentioned in Initial conversations about head coaching opportunities. I don't expect him to move on. I'm no. just saying he his name will be mentioned. I don't know um, his his I name think. isn't
1: showing up in the coaching carousel um, yet. Uh, in terms, of, well, in even the in the the media, like here here are the the assistants to note. His name is not even coming up in any of those. So um, yeah, I'm not expecting it this year, but it's it's coming uh, next year at this point. Uh, if the CX offense looks good again, Waldron's probably going to have an opportunity to go. So, yeah. got to be careful with that.
0: Yeah. And you guided your, you know, your journeyman quarterback who's not had a starting opportunity in seven years to uh, single season attempts, um, completions at 399 yards, 4,282 yards of franchise record. Um, you know, you're going to get some looks. You guided a, you know, a rookie running back and, and made that work, incorporated some tight ends. It's just one of those things where he's an up and coming guy and I don't, he'll, he won't get a position, I don't think, but he may interview and that's, a, that's good for him. Um Anyway, uh it, it is interesting um, how we won this game against, um against the Rams. You know, I thought Geno Smith had his worst game um, so far, I think in, in a Seahawks uniform that, the two interceptions, they were bad first play of the game um, on a crosser to Medcalf that was um
1: not even close. That was yeah. not even
0: close. And he could have had another interception. He had another interception um, but, that was
1: called back on a penalty. Like um he threw he threw the ball that was it was caught by the Rams three yeah. different times. Yeah. He got lucky there was a penalty on one of them away from the play. And you know, there were a couple other passes that probably should have been picked too. He did not. Play well, in this but he game. did
0: have the ability to stay poised and led the team on three drives of fifty yards or longer in the fourth quarter and overtime, um, and gave the, the team a chance. Mm-hmm. And you know, I I respect that because I know that that's hard, especially when you're having a rough game. He, he he hung in there. The team hung in there with him, and they they got it done. Um, and he had a decent year overall. I mean, he. <laughs> It's interesting. He started strong. He, he, he got really good in the middle and then faded. And then these last two or three games kind of came back a little bit and played, played well in spurts, but Mm -hmm. overall really just kind of struggled to really kind of put it all together again. I don't know exactly what's going to happen in the playoffs. He's facing the 49ers, the best defense in all of the NFL. Yeah. And we've struggled in the two previous games, did a little better in the second game. First game was a shit Nightmare. show. Yeah. The second game was was a little better, but our defense struggled um, w- with the running game that the 49ers have, which isn't the greatest running game in the world, but we were struggling with everybody. Mm-hmm. Since then, our defense has actually played pretty well. Um, overall, uh, Seahawks Se- Se- have held their last three opponents under 300 yards, including the Chiefs on the road. Um, allowing 15.3 points per game in those games um, and giving up a total in those three games combined of 10 points after halftime. And so the defense is weird. This, this season is so weird. I mean, we're putting up 400 yard games on the offense, like the first five or six games um, oh, yeah. overall. And they were, and,
1: thir- they were what averaging like 31 points a game.
0: Yeah. And now and, we've struggled to, 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 hit to score even 20 or 21 points here this last four or five weeks. Yeah. But our defense has been just as wishy-washy this year. Yeah, it was
1: abysmal in the beginning. Then they had a stretch where they looked really good. Then they went back to just being really bad, especially against the run. And then the last three weeks, they've looked really good again. So yeah. what who shows up next week?
0: Exactly. <laughs> that's <laughs> okay, the problem. That's what I'm leading to. And And quite frankly, it's the playoffs. That's the really cool thing about this thing. Shut that regular season down. The fact that we've played the 49ers twice is is meaningless at this point. Two teams know each other really well. Um, And it's going to come down to who makes the most plays. Personally, right now, as I sit here, Seattle's a nine and a half point underdog uh, via Vegas. I think it's at least that, if I'm going to be completely honest, it's probably 14 points. Um, but yeah, it started I think out we,
1: more. It started out as ten and a half. So the fact that it's dropped to nine and a half is interesting.
0: Do I think that they have a chance? Man, that's a loaded question. I don't know. I can I can't honestly answer that right now. Uh by the time I get to the prediction show and a couple of shows from now, it's possible. And the and the only reason I say that is you never know what's gonna happen, how these teams mentally prepare for this game. It's gonna be really soggy there uh forecast, early forecast in the week is 85% chance of rain, 56 degrees. Sounds like it's going to be a little miserable. Sounds like it might be a running game. Uh, that benefits both teams, I think. You've got an inexperienced quarterback, never seen the playoffs on the other side of the ball in Purdy. Um, and then Geno Smith hasn't had a playoff game as well. And you've got a rookie running back for Seattle who's running the ball really well, especially the last three weeks, 300-yard games. Um, but you're facing one of the best run defense teams in the NFL. And so how do you, how do you figure that out? You know, if you take a look at just rosters, they've got a superior roster up and down, like almost every position group, maybe save wide receiver. Uh, everything else is like they, they beat us. And so how do we, how do we do that? How do we line up against them and not get blown out?
1: Yeah, I think that it, it's one of those things where um, they do have, they've got a really good roster. They, they've they done a fantastic job of putting that team together, that roster together, um, you know, especially that defense. And that is something that, you know, you got to contend with. Um, their depth is really good. But at the same time, like, you can only get 11 guys on the field at a time. So having all that depth. You know, it matters over the course of a season. Does it matter in a single game? I don't know. Um, but for it, this particular game, you gotta look at okay, who's playing, who, who's playing well, um, and what you can can look for, because uh this this it's it's a one game scenario. You um mm-hmm. you know, you've you gotta you don't have to beat the 49ers, you know, many times, you gotta beat them once. They may have beat they may have lost uh twice to him and, and not look bad, but you go look historically, it's hard to beat a team three times in a year.
0: Very so you know, my early on, my strategy would be run the ball. If I'm Seattle, I'm running the ball, I'm taking the clock, I'm I'm taking the time of possession and trying to swing it as close as I can to being equal as possible. So I'm running the ball, even if Walker's, you know, in this last game, they did that. He was only gaining like 3.7 yards per attempt. I'm doing that against the 49ers. If I'm gaining 3.7 yards per attempt, even though I wanna gain five, I'm still running the ball a lot, mm-hmm. unless I'm falling behind way, way too much. But on the defense, I'm, I'm like trying to figure out how to be aggressive. If I'm Clint Hurt, I'm throwing everything I can at this offense and and the rookie quarterback. So I'm mm-hmm. blitzing. I'm running stunts. I'm trying to get pressure, even if I'm not getting to the quarterback. I want to disrupt that timing. I want my back end guys to to be able to to be sticky in coverage. Um, maybe not so play so much zone, but change it up a little bit. Play some man. Uh, force some some things so that that quarterback doesn't really know what's going on. He hasn't seen these looks before. when he's he looked at film uh, from the previous two matchups that, that these teams played uh i want him confused a little bit so i'm trying to do that if we can get some pressure there and force a turnover or two and and knock the ball out you know in the running game force a fumble um in in the bad weather that gives seattle a chance the more our offense has the ball the more time of possession the the less they have it that's that's the only way for me i think in this game
1: yeah what they what they've got, they've got to be able to run the ball. I mean, that, and that is, that's been true all season. When they run the ball, this offense works. When they can't run the ball, this offense struggles. Um, unfortunately, if you look at the running game, the two worst games that they've had in terms of running the ball have been, uh, the two games against San Francisco.
0: Yeah. So, and Dre um, Greenlaw and Fred Warner. And Eric Armstead and Javon Kinlaw and, and company make it oh, really yeah. hard yeah. to run. Make it really But what gives me hope is actually the way Ken Walker's been around the last three weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, we we talked a little bit uh earlier, a couple of weeks ago, maybe. You sent me a text it was like, man, all he wants to do is bounce. And I was like, bouncers bounce. But he came back and it started showing more assertiveness, uh, between mm-hmm. the tackles and running with more authority. I thought there was one play where I was yelling at the screen last night about him bouncing, uh, when we just needed a first down and and he kind of bounced it around. But, um, I think, I think that helps uh, if he can do that against the 49ers, because some of the strength with the 49ers is right up the middle. And sometimes, um, with their team speed, they're going to get you You're going to bounce it, but if you run straight at them, sometimes you can you can find creases and so forth. And I think they need to be able to do that.
1: Yeah, and I mean, you look at Ken Walker has a lot of Sean Alexander in him in his like his vision and his his desire to bounce it, and he's got the you know the acceleration and speed to 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 make plays happen. But there are times when you just need to hit the hole. That gaining three yards in the first down. is enough, and you they've got to recognize those situations and I think that as the season is worn on, you've seen more of that from him, where not every play does he have to pretend he's Barry Sanders and and bounce everything and 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 try and make it a every run has a chance to go the distance. sometimes you need three yards to get that first down and and keep the drive alive and and he's done a better job of picking those spots uh, throughout the game. And, you know, as we get got farther in the year.
0: So I think it's a, it's a good show, uh, so far. I think we can wrap up today. We're going to come back for a couple more shows this week. Um, maybe, you know, our next show, we can get a little bit more into depth on matchups, like Mm -hmm. what we can expect, uh, when we face this team. Uh, and then the the last game will be more of kind of rounding out the, the everything and making some predictions. And uh, as we get closer to to uh, game time, that'll be fun. Um, anything else on this on this show?
1: No, um, it's it's been a really fun year. We were both expecting this to be a really long year um, with a lot of losses and a lot of draft and free agency talk mid season because that's all yeah. there would be to talk about and the seahawks made it interesting they made it uh they they kept it fun it's been a great um opportunity for you and i to get on here and, and talk seahawk football all season and i love that i love the fact that they just continued to fight continued to play continue to do the work and put it in and make everybody including you and i look stupid when we didn't pick them to win games
0: yeah yeah, and, and as far as losing and all that, um, I'd much rather be rooting for a winner in this situation, even if we didn't have Denver's fifth overall pick. And And the reason why is that it, it is about the culture. You mm-hmm. t- you talked about Pete Carroll and developing that culture and the winning uh, mentality and these young players and teaching. And, and so this this season may not be about winning a Super Bowl. But it is about winning and about instilling confidence and about uh, getting players to understand what they're really good at and accentuate, accentuating those things and coming back next year and just being ready, ready okay. to harness everything that you've learned in this season and pull it forward into next season. We've got a young core, a good group of players. We're going to be able to add to that. Pete Carroll talked about that. He said, we've got a great group. We're going to be able to add to it. Um, and he was speaking about free agency, he was speaking about the draft. He knows the capital that they've got in the offseason to be able to do that. And so this is just another opportunity to be able to get those young players some playoff experience as well as, as continue to evaluate the roster and evaluate how players step up in the in the playoffs. Maybe, maybe a player doesn't do so well. Uh, that's great information. To, to carry forward into the off season. And so this is just another opportunity to, to be able to learn, to understand your roster and what you need um, so that you can get to the next step next year, yeah. which would be, okay, we we made it to the playoffs. Now we want to get a, a win a game or two, or we want to get a little further or get to the mm-hmm. NFC championship game. Now those should be the goals next year. But this year, let's get this thing. Let's fight like heck in this game and see if we can get it. And you know, if we can't come up short, that's okay too. This has been a really successful season, um, considering the parameters that were around this thing to begin with.
1: Yeah. And, and getting here is important. It it really is because these last two games were must win games and the team came up and won them even with their quarterback having a bad game, uh, in week 18, the rest of the team rallied around him and, uh, gave him an opportunity to get some redemption himself and with the kicker and and gave him a chance and and it be you know it's a, it's a team they had to win these last two games, and they did now they're going to go into this playoff game, and it doesn't matter that no one's gonna expect them to win, and they're gonna be massive underdogs and all of that. The opportunity to play under the bright lights of a um, playoff game and where you're the only game that's being played then the whole nation's watching, it's do or die, all that just to have the opportunity to be in that situation and experience it, they're going to be better for it the next time they're in that situation next year. So uh, it's great for the team that they made it this far. It really is. I don't care about losing a couple spots in draft order. I never will care about that. It's much more about developing the talent on the roster so they can go win next year.
0: Perfect. All right. So I'll see you in the middle of the week. And uh, towards the end of the week, we'll, uh, we'll have some good things to talk about. I'm absolutely positive of that. You can find Keith on Twitter at MyersNFL. You can find me at NWC Hawk. You know where the show's at. When you find it, Seahawks Playbook uh, Podcast, hit that subscribe button to make sure you, uh, you get our three episodes we produce each week right into your, um, your playlist, and you never miss the show. And uh, we're on YouTube as well. We have our own YouTube channel and subscribers over there too. So until next time, go hot, Seahawks Playbook podcast listeners. Thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NWSeahawks. Keith is at MyersNFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com.
1: Podcast Network.